to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty War Zone's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L galore. It is great to be back in your guys' ears here talking some rookies prior to the 2023 NFL draft. Um, we have taken another week hiatus just to kind of catch up. Um, last week's episode, if you have not cut it thus far, is... A very special mock draft. It's my first rookie mock draft. I was uh, joined with Mr. Memphis Young and Mr. Austin Schaefer out of the Patreon group chat. Um, we did a quick two-round mock draft with a couple of other Patreons and some uh, analysis breakdown on some players and a one-quarterback rookie mock. If you have not listened to it, go and check it out. It's my first one. Uh, I shake things up per normal. And... Prior to that week's episode, we have been diving pretty deep into the free agency um, kind of breakdowns and team fits. Um, What I plan on doing now over the next couple of weeks leading up to the NFL draft, as we are officially one month out at the time of recording of this episode, is to cover prospect fits, um, team needs, and what to expect and when to expect some players to come off of the board. Um, I'm going to be breaking down the first two episodes of this series and his prospect analysis slash team fits leading up to the draft as a red light, green light segment. Um, We are going to go through all the teams after free agency for all intents and purposes. Most everyone has signed at this point in free agency that is fantasy relevant to your teams. Um, Holes are pretty much where they're at with teams. Most people will not be making any major splash signings or trades until post NFL draft or even during the NFL draft. So the teams are pretty status quo. We have a pretty good idea of where these prospects should be landing slash which ones need to be acquiring them. And thus I'm going to be breaking them down as red as in, yeah, we need to stop, take a look at this position and uh, go ahead and fill it with a rookie yellow as in kind of status quo um, could make a move either direction, not really positive as to which way they're going to go without, you know, actually seeing what they do in the draft. And then green uh, teams, I do not expect to make any major fantasy relevant acquisitions at the specific positions. Uh, As I said, I will be breaking these down into two episodes. The first episode will cover the quarterbacks and the running backs. And then the second episode will be covering the wide receivers and the tight ends. Um, Without further ado, we'll just dive on into here with the quarterback positions. As I said, I'll be going through all 32 teams twice, first for the quarterbacks and first for the running backs on this week's episode. And so, as always, in alphabetic order, we will be starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, The Cardinals are in a little bit of a weird situation right now with Kyler Murray. Um, The contract pretty much locks him in for the next two years here on the team. Um, There was chatter about a trade that was always kind of uh, out there and not realistic based off of the new regime coming in, Um, the massive contract on the book, and really how good Kyler has been for the team. Um, Say what you will, you may not like him for fantasy, you may not like him based off of his size and stuff like that, but um, on the NFL field, he's still one of the most electric and most consistent players that we have in the NFL, regardless of position. 
So looking at here, the main issue with Kyler is he did have a pretty bad knee injury at the tail end of last season, meaning he's probably going to miss a good probably eight to 10 weeks is the prognosis right now in the 2023 season. They still have not really signed a true backup on the team to be a bridge quarterback, which makes me think that they may be bringing in a rookie or just keeping a low end status quo guy like a Teddy Bridgewater who's still floating around. But I do have them as a red light as in need of drafting a quarterback. I think it's easier to just kind of stomach bringing in a rookie, letting him play um, and just get him all those reps. Worst case scenario, you find a good quarterback piece that you can trade or one that can inevitably replace Kyler. If it comes down to that, you might find a diamond in the rough and you can kind of, uh, I don't know, put your stamp on the team as to what your ideal quarterback may look like in those middle rounds. And no one can really fault you at this point because you still need to put someone out there on Sundays with this rehab going on with Kyler. So the player that I have fitting here in Arizona that would make a lot of sense from a play style standpoint, as well as just kind of a a fuck it mentality is how I would put it, is Max Duggan out of TCU. Um, He's a gunslinger, likes to toss the ball, not afraid to run. He's a scrambler and scheme versatile at TCU, um, was able to run the efficient offense very, very well this year and the year prior. Does have some erratic throws deep. His accuracy is not always the best deep specifically, but his intermediate passing is pretty solid. He is very good at getting around and out of the pocket quickly, which is a necessity with that terrible offensive line in Arizona. So I think Duggan would be a really good fit. Um, the Atlanta Falcons right now, I think they're probably going to be sitting tight. I have them as a, a yellow light right now. Um, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke are at the position of quarterback right now. Um, Ritter, I think, is going to get the full reins. Heineke signed a decently lucrative contract, though. If things do hit the fan, they could go to him. If stuff starts to hit the fan, they probably will, just because that'll probably give them a better draft pick than with Ritter at the helm. Uh, But I do have them picking up another quarterback late um, to just kind of fill in the QB3 need on the team. Um, Realistically, I think it makes some sense, especially because I don't see them taking them one early. And the quarterback in need that I have them picking up is Mr. DTR, Dorian Thompson. Robinson out of UCLA. I think the fit makes a ton of sense. Again, a very mobile guy, which is what Atlanta and Arthur Smith is looking for. The quarterback helm, um, pretty much a very similar profile to a guy like Desmond Ritter with some teachable mistakes. He's just a very good mobile backup that I think could land on a lot of teams and I would like on a lot of teams, but Atlanta makes a lot of sense based off of where I put some of the other guys in this mock. Um, The next two teams, I have Baltimore and the Buffalo Bills. Um, I have them both locked in as green lights, as in good-to-go status quo with the room that they are rocking right now. Um, Baltimore with Lamar, for the time being, he may have requested a trade, but as of right now, I'm just keeping him in Baltimore. Um, I don't know what that situation is, but uh, all intents and purposes are pointing just to him being there, basically. The team has said repeatedly that they're not trading him, basically, so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. And then the Buffalo Bills isn't even a talking point. Josh the quarterback um right now they have i believe <laughs> what is his name what is his name um J- not chase daniels um there's another long-term back kelmore there you go um backup quarterback in the helm there in buffalo um that you know is only there in break glass uh, in case of emergency type situations. Uh, another red light is the Carolina Panthers. They are currently sitting at the number one overall pick, and this one's pretty easy peasy. CJ Stroud is pretty much the locked and loaded guy there. Um, all the talk, all the hype, I've been pointing at it since prior to them trading up with the Josh McCown news that they are probably going to be targeting CJ Stroud. All signs are pointing to that, and I think that's the best fit for the team. He's a strong armed pocket passer who can utilize those weapons short if needed to and can rely on the legs, worst case scenario. 
Chicago is one of those weird situations where they brought in PJ Walker, who's a pretty good foil for Justin Fields. He's just kind of like the great value version of Justin Fields ultimately. Um, but they still need a developmental quarterback. I have them drafting one super late in this type of situation, even though they're a yellow light. I have them bringing in Jaron Hall at a BYU. Um, he's a guy that fits the pretty much, again, the exact mold of a Fields and a PJ Walker. He's closer to PJ Walker coming out than a Fields coming out. Um, and he does have some really bad inconsistencies deep on his balls, but he's actually pretty good underneath, which is one of the <laughs> funny things because that's where Fields kind of struggles. Um, he'd be a guy that could learn and hopefully not have us change the system even remotely if we do have to, for some reason, go to a guy like Jaron Hall later this season. We then have a run of four teams that are pretty much locked and loaded with where they got. You have Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, um, the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson, the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott, and the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson. All four are locked in based off of contract necessity and play necessity of what they have. There's some veterans floating around, and you could see a late-round floater at quarterback or even one of these middle-round guys fall here. But as of right now, I do not have them as priority destinations for quarterbacks. Going on to the next team, we have Detroit Lions. This is a weird one where you could have a couple of different ways go. Um, Goff's contract is basically over next year. Um, very easy out. He was the best quarterback from a statistical standpoint over the last eight weeks of the season last year going into the playoffs. Um, they unfortunately did not make the playoffs due to uh, some earlier season, just terrible play from the team in general and Goff. Uh, we know he's a streaky quarterback, but in a team that wants to keep confidence in their guy, but also bring in a backup because the team really doesn't have one and has dealing with uh, that issue for a couple years now. I have them being the landing spot as a yellow light for a guy like Hendon Hooker. Um, no immediate, even remote change or threat to a guy like Jared Goff, but a guy who could very easily late season take over if something starts spiraling on this team who is set up for success with all these late offseason acquisitions or eventually replace Goff if things start going really smoothly in the offseason next year. Um, next, we have three teams back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. You have the Green Bay Packers, the Houston Texans, and the Indianapolis Colts. I have them all as Reds. Um, say what you will about Jordan Love. He may be the starter just based off of need this year, but he's only got one year left on his contract before they have to make a pretty big decision. Um, I have them bringing in a guy like Jake Hayner. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in this year's class. I think that him replacing a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who I still have going to the Jets, spoiler later on, just based off of the fact that that's going to happen. We just don't know what the compensation is at this point. Um, Hayner is a solid, solid backup and who could come in probably day one and compete with Love if needed, but could definitely be that late season replacement for Love if things start spiraling, as I anticipate them doing in Green Bay this year. Um, the Houston Texans sitting at the second overall position. Um, Bryce Young has been linked there from day one when they had the first overall pick projected. And so that's just status quo for me. With the number of low, you know, just like <laughs> low ADOT targets that they currently have been acquiring right now, I think that when you look at the rhythm passing and the extreme accuracy that you get from a guy like Bryce Young, um, I think that's just the perfect fit with the cast of characters they've been bringing in in Houston. And with CJ Stroud going off the board, any other pick would be a little reckless from them at number two. The Indianapolis Colts, also in the red, currently do not have a starting quarterback on the team. Um, Anthony Richardson is where I went with here. Um, I'd... I think the best thing that the Colts could have done is moved up like the Panthers did or, you know, instead of the Panthers, basically. Um, I think that's the only way that they would get the quarterback really that they should and 
would feel comfortable with. So I have them getting Anthony Richardson. I think starting him from day one is a massive mistake on this team. Um, but, you know, it's the best situation. It's the, the best of two evils, either Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. The upside is much higher with Anthony Richardson, even though the prospect um, is about the same at the quarterback position when it comes to the talent currently on the field that we've seen. Um, we then have another run of four teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Los Angeles Rams that all have as green status quo, keep on chugging along. Um, Los Angeles Rams are the only ones I flirted with with yellow status, um, <clears throat> and that's just because there's weird trade talks that have been going on for the last like year and a half, basically, since the <laughs> Super Bowl win for the Rams that Stafford is on the trade block. Um, the chronic injury late are another aspect of this game for him, but I have him as status quo right now. The next team in the top 10 that is a yellow light is the Las Vegas Raiders. They have Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. I think he's more than suitable to run that offense specifically due to his rapport that he has with a guy like Josh McDaniels, but this is a perfect landing spot for Will Levis. Not having to move up at seven makes a lot of sense. Will Levis is probably going to be the one of the four to fall um, unless someone jumps in front of Las Vegas Raiders that I'm not anticipating in the middle of the <clears throat> first round, like a Tampa Bay or a Washington or a Tennessee who I all have in the yellow category, spoiler. Um, I think it's pretty status quo. Um, putting lettuce into this type of position just makes a lot of sense. Um, the next four that I'm looking at, though, would be Miami, Minnesota, New England, and New Orleans. Um, these four teams specifically, when I am looking at them, are all in the green light. Status quo, no changes anticipated. Um, really, for those four or four after the next pick in the form of the Jets, who I have Aaron Rodgers, Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, and San Francisco with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, um, whatever order you want to put that in. The only team in this eight that I actually have kind of a change happening with would be the New York Giants. I have Daniel Jones as the quarterback. He just signed a massive one, but getting a good backup is pretty important for them. And I have them bringing in a guy that's pretty mobile. It's not a great upgrade of the position, but they've already paid. So they're going to have to go cheap at the quarterback. If they do bring in one, um, if they don't bring back Teddy Bridgewater, I would have them going after a Malik Cunningham at a Louisville steam fit makes a lot of sense with Dable's kind of spread offense. Um, not the best passer has a pretty similar draft profile to what we dealt with Daniel Jones coming out. And so Malik Cunningham makes a lot of sense. He's a very electric runner when he's in the open field, just like Daniel Jones. And he's a good backup mold to follow in New York. Um, the last four teams are all yellow. Um, these are the Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tennessee Titans, and the Washington Commanders, as I mentioned. Um, Gino got re-signed. Baker signed in Tampa Bay. Ryan Tannehill is still under contract with a fatty cap hit this year, and Sam Howell apparently is the starter here in Washington. Um, <clears throat> but all four teams could use another quarterback. Tannehill and Tennessee just feel destined to just kind of ride it out with Malik Willis from last year, so I have them as not picking up one. But the other three, um, Seattle, I have picking up Tanner McKee. He is a West Coast guy right down the road there from Seattle. Makes a lot of sense as a fit. He's a deep ball thrower who's not afraid to sling it very similarly to Gino and a guy that would not really scare Gino but brings in some decent competition as a young um, potential starter down the road and then Baker I have Stetson Bennett coming in to replace him most likely at some point this season um, they have a very similar play style it's kind of a spread scheme just see the weapon hit the weapon is what you're asking from Baker um, he doesn't like to do that a guy that loves to do that and Stetson Bennett and Bennett could very easily take that job from him and Trask if given the shot and then the last one on the board is Washington Commanders. I have them bringing in Clayton Toon from Houston, another big 
bodied guy, um, really similar to a guy that I like in Jake Hayner, just a lot less accurate when it comes to the intermediate routes. So that's where I have it. Um, in total, as I kind of mentioned, I have five red lights that are immediate needs that have to be addressed basically in the first three rounds of the draft, or else we're going to have some big issues at the quarterback position. I have nine total that are green lights, uh, sorry, not green lights, yellow lights that are in the middle that could have a quarterback, but might not. I wouldn't be surprised. That's why I ended up giving those nine teams one, regardless of where they may be drafted. And then when I'm looking at the rest of the team, that leaves us 18 green lights that are pretty much status quo and will not be making changes at the quarterback position. But that is my red light green light for the quarterback. So now it is time to move on to the running back position. And with the running backs, we are starting once again in alphabetical order with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Arizona, <coughs> in similar fashion, their offense is kind of in shambles. They are in the red for three out of the four categories right now, and I see some, uh, you know, some issues happening on offense this year without Kyler. Um, without him in the system, you're going to see quite a few holes as you did late last year, and I think that's going to continue. Um, with the running back position, currently you just kind of have James Conner still under contract for one more year, and then Keontae Ingram from last year's draft class who got some work but not a ton of work. Um, other than that, there's not a lot on the team. Um, they are a red light, obviously, and I actually have them bringing in one of my favorite running backs. I think it fits what they kind of like to do from the running back position. <clears throat> now, granted, that was beforehand. They did bring in a defensive coordinator, but um, the offensive coordinator brought in to Arizona still likes a little bit of smash ball play with the running game. So I have them bringing in a guy like Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. I think the fit is very similar to a guy like James Conner running style. Just a little bit more athletically gifted, um, extremely underrated hand, just like James Conner. And I think the mold of him learning from and eventually taking over from James Conner makes a ton of sense in this Arizona offense. The second team on the list is none other than the Atlanta Falcons in a similar vein to Arizona, still a kind of a hole. Um, I have them as a red light just due to the fact of outside of Tyler Algier, they really don't have another running back in the team. Cordero Patterson is going to be 34 this year. Not a lot of reliance that you can have on a guy like that, um, but they are still lacking that pass catching element in a consistent pass catching element on this team. And that's why I have them getting a hometown prospect in the form of Kenny McIntosh out of the University of Georgia comes in, can be an electric one cut and downhill runner, which is what they love in this Arthur Smith scheme. He's big enough to be a bell cow. He just was never really asked to be a bell cow at Georgia. And his hands are probably the second best in the class from a pass catching standpoint. Adds exactly what you're looking for from <clears throat> the running back position in this year's draft. Probably going to get him in that round three to round four range without having to blow a big pick in this Atlanta offense on him. And could be a consistent contributor in a run heavy scheme that Atlanta wants to have. The next team on the list is none other than the Baltimore Ravens. Um, as of right now, I don't have them bringing in anyone. They're a yellow light for me. Um, I had Dobbins. They re-signed Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. So I think they're kind of status quo. I think they feel a lot more comfortable with Dobbins after his late season emergence last year. Uh, if they were to bring in someone, it would probably just be like a pass catching back, if I had to guess, because they already have quite a few downhill thumpers. Um, a guy that makes a lot of sense, really, is a guy I have going to their counterparts in Pittsburgh. Um, but as of right now, they're just kind of status quo. They're on the, the fringe of the green light and yellow light district for me. So I have them just as a status quo team. 
another team that is status quo after bringing the Mr. Damian Harris from New England just down the road is the Buffalo Bills. Um, They're sitting pretty with James Cooks, Naheem Hines, and just locking in that explosive pass catching role. And then Damian Harris to be that goal line thumper, take some of the, you know, some of the beat down off of a guy like Josh Allen from the quarterback position, hopefully keep him a little bit healthier and keep that offense running. Um, next, we have four teams in a row that all have bringing in that mid to late round running back. I see pretty consistently um, in mocks, and I think it's pretty much going to happen for these four teams. The Carolina Panthers, they brought in Miles Sanders, signed him to a three-year decently lucrative contract, but other than that, they only have Chuba Hubbard on the roster. I have them keeping also a pretty similar uh, hometown guy to the Georgia back with Atlanta and bringing in a guy like Christian Rodriguez from the University of Kentucky, just down the road (coughs) from Carolina. Um, he fits exactly what you're looking for an all purpose back. He's quite a bit better than what you have in Hubbard. At that point, you would have two explosive running backs, one, a one, a guy that you can just really rely on in all three downs, put him in there and no one really knows what you're doing, which is kind of a staple of the Frank Reich offense. And there's always been usually a thumper in this type of offense that he likes to run. So it just makes a lot of sense to bring in a guy that can do a little bit of everything slightly better than a Miles Sanders, but lacks some of that athleticism that you really uh, laud at the position. The Chicago Bears, a very popular pick that I continue to do is Kendra Miller out of TCU to Chicago. This is kind of a dream pick, but also a system fit. It's the team that probably makes the most sense when it comes to what they are looking to run in the Chicago offense. And he's going to be that middle sleeper running back, I think, for a lot of teams. Foreman got a one-year, like $2 million contract, Donta Foreman from Carolina, signed to replace David Montgomery. Um, As of right now, he could be cut. Uh, and it wouldn't really shock me, but in all reality, I think they would roll into the season with Herbert, Miller, and Foreman being very, very happy guys. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, they lost Samaj P. Ron, meaning they have a huge hole at RB2, especially when you look at the fact that Joe Mixon is 28. He's realistically going to be cut at the end of this season, if not traded <clears throat> before the trade deadline. And so I have them bringing in a guy just down the road in Pittsburgh in the form of Israel. Abnakanda. I cannot talk right now. Sorry. It's Israel Abnakanda out of the University of Pitt. Very explosive one cut runner. Um, pretty similar to a guy like Mixon, not going to lie. Um, but he can do pretty much everything and would be a perfect all purpose back to pair with Mixon uh, in a similar fashion, just mixing him in how they were doing with P. Ryan the last two years, but eventually, hopefully, taking over that role from a Mixon as they age him out of the offense. The Cleveland Browns rolling in with just Nick Chubb and uh, Jerome Ford out of last year. I kind of like that. I have them as a yellow as well, but I have them bringing in just a late round running back in the form of Muhammad Ibrahim. He's a solid physical, physical runner, which is what they want from all of their running backs. He's a little bit smaller, got a little bit more pop than a guy like Kareem Hunt had. So he's kind of an upgrade in that facet. Not the best pass catcher. Um, He's a back I'm a little bit concerned about getting drafted in general, but it's a team fit that I like quite a bit for a guy like Mo Ibrahim. The Dallas Cowboys are still desperately in need of another running back. Tony Pollard coming off an injury. There was a report that Ezekiel Elliott may be considering a return to the Dallas Cowboys. But as of right now, I have them bringing in a hometown favorite. You can find this uh, find this repeated strategy with me when it comes to the running back position in this year's free agency and draft period. I have them bringing in Roshan Johnson out of the University of Texas. Not the Texas running back that everyone wants to go to Dallas, but the one that I think makes a lot of sense. The same physical play style that you got from Zeke and a short down um, type of role, a guy that could carry enough of the offense early on until Pollard is completely healthy. But when he is, is a perfect complement to a guy like Tony Pollard on that short goal line type of role. Also won't cost them pretty much anything. 
the Denver Broncos. They are a yellow light for me, but I have them bringing in a guy that is going to be late round draft capital or undrafted. A guy I don't like a lot, but a guy that this is a, the type of situation where I'm just kind of like fitting. Uh, I'm basically fitting the circle peg into the circle hole that makes a lot of sense based off of what Sean Payton usually does. He likes to find those weird guys that have a little bit of everything to their game that is enticing, but isn't, uh, you know, otherworldly, and then try to use them in fun and creative ways. Um, I see that with Eric Gray out of the University of Oklahoma, a Debbie Darling for quite a few years now, but a guy that never really panned out. I have him going to Denver, probably getting some hype train treatment from a lot of people when he is drafted there, but being just kind of that middle of the road, late round compliment to a guy like um, Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan, both of which they signed. Um, I, again, if they draft one, I expect it to be a late round, and that's where I think Eric Gray is going to go. Um, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers are both green light status quo for me at the running back position. You have David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift holding it down in Detroit with whoever they want to bring in. Um, I know they still have Craig Reynolds, who I like a lot. And after uh, hard knocks, it's hard for anyone not to like him. But they're pretty much status quo. And then right now in Green Bay, they may draft an inevitable replacement. But with Aaron Jones restructure, I think that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is still one of the most dominant running back forces that you're going to see from um, you know, from this situation. Uh, going on to the next team, I have the Houston Texans. I do have them bringing in a pretty high-profile running back, and that's just due to the fact that it makes a lot of sense pairing their quarterback with this running back. It's a pairing that I'm going to be repeatedly making for the Houston Texans until I see otherwise, and that is them drafting Bryce Young in the first round at two and then coming back with pick number 34 and selecting Jameer Gibbs. Fully rounding out this running back group with... Damian Pierce is the thumper. Jameer Gibbs is the satellite back. And then, of course, we are dealing with Mr. Jameer Gibbs then to be, uh, you know, just kind of the tried and true everything back eventually. But Devin Singletary holding down that RB3 slot or getting cut because it wasn't a big contract. The next two teams locked and loaded with their current makeup. Indianapolis Colts, no reason to bring it up back when you have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and Zach Moss to really compliment if you need to. He actually looked decent when he was uh, spelling. Taylor and replacing him late after his injury last year. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars rolling into the season with Travis Etienne leading the way at the running back position, but also having a guy like Dearness Johnson out of Cleveland coming to be a true thumper, which is what that backfield needed. Um, pairing him with Snoop Connor, who may be a tap casualty or a cut casualty for another running back in the rotation, but those two fit a pretty good one-two thunder and lightning punch down in Jacksonville. The Kansas City Chiefs is a team I have bringing in another running back this year. It'll be a mid to late round selection and a guy that fits that role really nicely as an overall back, similar to a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, would be Chase Brown, um, a little bit more athletic than people thought. CEH is still there, could be a third down back, but Chase Brown can do everything in a similar vein to Isaiah Pacheco, and he's a significantly better pass blocker than anyone else that they have on the team, which is huge for them. I have two back-to-back -back teams direly in need of running back assistance in LA in the form of the Chargers and the Rams. You have Eckler and Kelly with Eckler most likely out the door based off of this trade talk. And then you just have Akers and uh, <clears throat> what is his name? Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame from last year on the Rams. I have Sean Tucker going to the Chargers being a perfect replacement for a guy like Austin Eckler and really just not missing a step at all. If Eckler is on the team prior to the trade deadline, you just have a monster of an RB2 right now. If he is not, then Sean Tucker is your MVP this season, most likely from the rookie class next year. 
the Rams. I have bringing in Zach Evans. Feels like a, a Los Angeles Rams running back in a similar vein to just kind of you could flip-flop these two, and I would probably feel the same way about the situation for either team that got Evans. Wouldn't love the pick, but it makes sense because LA has had some issues drafting running backs in the past. And then you have the Las Vegas Raiders, the last team with the L signifier on these uh, you know, little anecdotes that we do. Um, sitting Pat, they franchise Josh Jacobs. They have Zamir White to hold down the floor, and they re-signed Amir Abdullah. Um, they are pretty much locked and loaded at the running back position. Um, a team that is not, even though they re-signed pretty much every running back on the market, is the Miami Dolphins. Um, the Miami Dolphins still rocking it back with Je- <coughs> sorry Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, but I have them bringing in an electric running back that can just blow the top off of a defense, and that is Devon A-Chain out of Texas A&M University. Um, it's a fit that makes a ton of sense based off of the type of running style that they do with A-Chain. He's a receiving back, enough speed to carry the entire team and it it just adding speed where it's kind of unnecessary to add speed at this point on this team but it would just make the offense even more dominant going into next year to where Tua basically either hits or he is out of town at the end of next year. Uh, Back-to-back three teams following this, where we have the Minnesota Vikings, the New England Patriots, and the New Orleans Saints, all status quo after re-signing Alexander Madison in Minnesota, bringing in James Robinson to back up Ramondre Stevenson in New England, and then bringing in Jamal Williams out of Detroit into New Orleans to back up Kamara or replace him when he inevitably gets suspended. Another team breaking up two more green lights is the Giants. They franchise tagged Saquon Barkley, but I don't see a long-term contract coming to head this year with Barkley. I think they're just going to run him into the ground and then do the same thing next year and try to trade him or something. But I have them bringing in in the same capacity of my previous episodes for my fits in free agency. I have them bringing in Ty J Spears. Um, he's the perfect complement to a Barkley, has a very similar play style, and could be the inevitable replacement very easily in the second to third round for this offense. Would just give Brian Dable another fun little piece to play around with, as he does like multi-back systems typically. And then the two next teams, status quo, um, you have the New York Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles after bringing in Rashad Penny to the Eagles and re-signing everyone to the Jets. Don't see a lot of changes happening there. You don't really need to touch that running back position. It's more about the quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. Um, The Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they do need a pass catching back. I think Michael Warren is very good running back for them to have. Sorry, Jalen Warren, not Michael Warren, thinking of Cincinnati, not Oklahoma State. But um, Jalen Warren is a very good spellback if you need it, but they need a true pass catcher. And Zazavian Valade or Mr. X Valade out of Arizona State University just makes a ton of sense in Pittsburgh to pair with Najee Harris. A little bit more of an electric pop in that backfield, which is something they really have been missing since going pretty much entirely to Najee. He just doesn't have that pop that we're accustomed to seeing out of a lot of NFL running backs. Um, another team that is completely status quo is San Francisco 49ers. They may bring in a late guy, but they're a green light for me with CMC, um, Mitchell, and George Mason. Um, there's no way that they bring in a running back of note that's actually going to compete because I think it would just be stupid with the trade package and money they threw at CMC. After this, though, we have four teams back-to-back that all need running backs, and you're right. I have not talked about Two of my favorites thus far. Um, The first one is going to Seattle. I have Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State going to Seattle to play that pass-catching role. And being an electric underneath weapon makes a ton of sense. Um, Hopefully do what DJ Dallas has not really been able to do and work out a solid amount of 
time on the field is what I would say for a guy like Deuce Vaughn, which would be huge. It would make the offense a lot better and add some pop to it more so than they even have, which is saying something. Um, Tampa Bay is in need of a true RB1. There's some um, truthers out there thinking that Rashad White may be that guy, but I have Tanks Bigsby going in that late second, early third round to Tampa Bay, um, being that true workhorse and being the steal and under the radar running back that we were hoping to land somewhere this year. That's Bigsby in this situation. And then my favorite pairing right now <clears throat> out of any of the running backs is having Bijan Robinson go to the Tennessee Titans to inevitably replace Derrick Henry. It makes way too much sense for it not to happen. 12 may seem rich, but if you're going to ride it back out with Tannehill, why not actually give them someone who is uh, electric and fun to watch in that backfield inevitably just keep running the ball even more and then you can ship henry off down the road do him his just dues as he's given his blood sweat and tears for the team and then start to ride out a guy like Bijan for the next five to six years in the washington commanders i just have them adding a jag in the form of Dwayne mcbride out of uab um, makes a lot of sense they're pretty much locked and loaded the running back position but um yeah it, it's just a fit that probably needs to happen. They're going to add another one after letting Jarek McKinnon go, but uh, not sure who it's going to be. And I don't really like Dwayne McBride, but I kind of like where they're at anyway. So it's uh, just kind of a rotational piece. But that has been my first edition of the Red Light Green Light. Um, as always, I'm your host, Dallas. As I said, if you're not in the Patreon, get in the Patreon. And if you're not following me on socials, find me at Salad Galore. Until next week, this has been Red Light Green Light. QB RB edition. Stay tuned for the wide receiver and tight ends next week. When we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak.